This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 59. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 46. Partly sunny on Wednesday with a high near 61. A man out for a morning run through Binghamton's west side was hit by a sport utility street on Main Street. The jogger was struck at the intersection with Edwards Street just before 8 a.m. on Monday. The man, believed to be in his mid-70s, was running west on Main Street. He apparently was in the crosswalk when he was hit by an eastbound Buick Encore, which was making a left turn onto Edwards Street. The jogger sustained facial injuries and a possible broken ankle. He was treated by Binghamton Fire Medics at the scene before being taken by ambulance to Wilson Medical Center in Johnson City. The man whose name was not released by police said he had previously been struck by a vehicle near the same intersection decades ago. The woman who was driving the SUV was not injured. She said she did not see the man as she turned from Main Street onto Edwards. She said the bright sun may have been a factor. On Monday, approximately 1.37 p.m., New York State Police at Binghamton and other first responders responded to a crash on Interstate 88 eastbound in Colesville between exits 5 and 6. An investigation on scene revealed that a pickup truck pulling a front section of a vehicle and a pickup truck on a trailer when the operator lost control and rolled the vehicles. The vehicles ended up blocking both lanes. Some traffic was able to pass on the shoulder before the interstate was shut down and travelers were rerouted off exit 5 onto Route 7, then back onto I-88 at exit 6. The hauler left Elmira in the morning and was heading to Vermont. The operator and the only occupant was a 51-year-old male of Elmira. He was treated on scene but did not wish to be transported to a hospital. The Binghamton Planning Commission is considering an application to allow a bed and breakfast establishment in a single-family west side home. Jean Van Buren discussed a request for a special use permit for 43 Riverside Drive with commission members at a recent city hall meeting. A listing of the city's local landmark properties indicates the three-story Queen Anne-style house was built in 1894. Van Buren told the commission she's not planning to rent the B&B to long-term guests. The house is located across Murray Street from the Beth David Synagogue. Van Buren noted that there are now nearby homes that are being used for student housing and medical offices. She said she believes the plan for her house is consistent with the neighborhood. City planners asked Van Buren to provide an up-to-date floor plan identifying the bedrooms in the house. She indicated her intent would be to rent out only one room at a time. As part of the site plan review process, the Planning Commission will consider various issues, including parking, lighting, and public safety. The Commission is expected to hold a public hearing on the bed and breakfast application at its November meeting. On October 6th, officers from the Cortland County Sheriff's Office were dispatched to a motor vehicle accident in the area of Hollywoods Road and Mount Roderick Road in the town of Taylor. 
During the investigation, officers determined that the defendant, Christopher Leonard, was operating the motor vehicle while suspended and in possession of a controlled substance. Through further investigation, officers determined that Mr. Leonard was also in possession of several stolen marijuana plants that were recently taken from a local business in Cortland County. Mr. Leonard was arrested for charges and transported to the Cortland County Sheriff's Office for processing. He was later arraigned through CAP and remanded to the Cortland County Jail without bail. Donald Trump's longtime finance chief is set to testify as the former prison civil trial enters its second week. Ellen Weisselberg, also a defendant in New York Attorney General Letitia James' lawsuit, is expected to testify today about his role in preparing Trump's annual financial statements. Includes conversations they had while finalizing the documents, which were used to make deals and secure loans. James' lawsuit alleges Weisselberg engineered Trump's financial statements to meet his demands that they reflect increases in his net worth and signed off on lofty valuations for assets. Trump, who attended the first three days of the non-jury trial last week, is not expected to return today. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. Good morning. I'm Bob Johnson. This is Binghamton Now for Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. I will now open up the phone lines 607-772-1290. What's in your wallets? Away we go. The Tuesday edition is officially underway. Hope you had a tremendous Monday afternoon and Monday evening, and hope your Tuesday is off to a fine start. What will happen today? Well, of course, no one knows, but WNBF is here at 92. Point one FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. And many people stay connected using the WNBF app. In the event someone steals their radio, they can still pay attention to what's going on in the wide world of fun with WNBF. All platforms for you. Let's hit the phones. We get started now at 912. Good morning. You're on the air. Oh, so close. Had the caller remained on the line, she would have been eligible for $2 cash from the host. But it's a limited time offer, and the offer has since expired. (laughs) $2 cash. Let's take a look at uh, WNBF.com, the website that seems to have... 
some local news that you won't find elsewhere. Um, interesting story. A bed and breakfast proposal for a beautiful home on Riverside Drive. It's a nice place. Over at Riverside Drive and Murray Street. So the planning commission is reviewing the application from the homeowner to set up a bed and breakfast. It's a similar proposal. I think it was last year for another house on the other side of Riverside Drive. Just a little bit to the east. Some nice houses in that section of Binghamton. I have good memories of uh, many of those places along Riverside Drive and some of the side streets near there. And as you perhaps have noticed, some of those homes now are occupied by the best and the brightest, by... uh, Binghamton University students. So we've seen a bit of a transition at some of those majestic, beautiful homes on the west side. So we'll see what happens with that proposal. Of course, we've been covering the story. A man who, I'm told, routinely goes out for a morning jog over on the west side. He was injured. When he was struck by a vehicle. I don't know his condition, but our uh, information was he may have had a, a broken ankle and some other injuries. So they took him over to Wilson Medical Center. And hopefully he's recuperating. Listening to News Radio, WNBF, our number is 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph with you on a Tuesday morning. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. And coming up, we will go directly to the WNBF Binghamton Now hotlines. I bet they'll be hot today. First, though, we get a preview of tomorrow's informational segment from Karen Sweet O'Neill. And this segment is sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Bob. How doing? I'm doing well. How are things? Things are good. Great. Tell us about tomorrow's informational segment. I'll tell you, we're going to do a couple things. Um, Savvy Senior, sometimes a Yogi Bear from him, he's a columnist that is in the Sunday paper, and this is a really good article, so we're going to take a little bits and pieces from that. It's um, about life insurance after you retire. Do you need it? And some of the factors to decide whether you need it or not. And we do a lot of life insurance at the office. And so it's really key for people that are retiring or are already retired. So we're going to talk about that, you know, your family situation, deaths, work, state taxes, and so on. And, of course, we'll talk a little bit about annual enrollment um, period, which is um, for Medicare beneficiaries, October 15th to December 7th. Obviously, we're taking um, appointments for that time period for people to decide if they can stay the course with the um, health insurance that they have now through Medicare, whether it's original Medicare, an Advantage plan, standalone prescription plan, 
what the changes are to their current product and what the changes are to new products going on the market. We are at 1708 Vestal Parkway East, up around back of Plato's Closet and Style Encore. You can reach us several ways for an appointment. You can simply give us a call at 607-772-4898. You can Google us at KSO Insurance. All our contact information comes up, including our website, or simply go to a phone book, and we have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. Karen Sweet O'Neill, we will talk tomorrow morning live right here on WNBF. Excellent. Have a good day. Thanks, Bob. Thank you so much. It's 917. You're listening to the Binghamton Now program. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. <laughs> No sign of life. But I never wave bye bye. <laughs> oh, but I try. I mean, I really try. Let's go back to the phones now at 607 772 1290. Gary from Binghamton's West Side, you're on the air. Hey, Bob, I'd like to talk about the war in the Middle East. I think it's uh, it's just a very sad thing, all of this hatred for the Jews, for the Palestinians. You know, it's all about religion, right? I mean, God is love, and nobody can accept each other's feelings on that. But I was reading about the people who live in the Gaza Strip. While Hamas does have supporters, most of the people that live there, I don't know how many live there, 2.5 million, something like that. Most of the people, they do not like Hamas, but yet they're stuck with them. And, you know, it's unfortunate for them because the Hamas put all their weaponry and their communications in buildings where regular people live. You know, uh, the Israelis don't do that. You know, it, it just gets to be, I, I don't know, I don't know. It's just a uh, unfortunate situation. And it's just going to get worse because now all of the other people that hate the Jews, you know, they're all going to jump in and try to take advantage of this situation. I was in New York City many years ago, Bob, right after 9-11. Uh, I went in there with my wife who has since passed and we went to a show and we were staying at this hotel over by the United Nations and we're in the hotel room and all of a sudden I hear this like chanting going on and it's loud and I had a balcony in my room and I go outside 
and I look down the street, and on one side, there's thousands of people, thousands, and they're Palestinians. And on the other side, there were hundreds of people, and they were Jews, and they were just yelling back and forth at each other, just like they're doing now. They had video of that, and that's what reminded me of it. I was like, my God, but, you know, it was just amazing to see. It's the, the people, they just can't stand each other. It's worse than Republicans and Democrats. It is. It's just sad. I don't know, Bob. It's it's a sad world sometimes, right? It is. And try to continue. You know, I'll be um, the first to say, for me, with my background, it's inexplicable. I mean, I try to understand. I, I don't try. Let me put it this way. I don't spend a lot of time reading about the animosity I I just I, I have read a bit and so I appreciate it a bit but in the grand scheme of things the the uh, the hatred and the propensity for violence and the loud voices angry voices so often um, I don't know it's it's uh, it's troubled me for decades I'm sure it'll probably trouble me till the end of my time here because this kind of hatred for each other or groups may not be individuals but groups kind of hatred is so counterproductive and useless and destructive and the rage at times, of course, appears to be uncontrollable. And what, what happens if it does spread? Right now, so much of the rage appears to be contained to a very small section of the planet. But we know there are many, many people who are very angry. And if that rage, if that rage uh, grows and spreads, who knows what what's next so hopefully hopefully in the long run cooler heads will prevail because nobody wins in war nobody's going to win in this war nobody's going to win in any other of the conflicts that are currently going on in so many other spots around the world you got iran sitting in the background and you know the united states is just looking for another excuse to go in there and well, I'm not sure the United States is. There's some elements in this country who are. And, you know, there's still some major questions. The Wall Street Journal puts out a, a report, of course, using unidentified, unnamed sources. Uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was Saturday afternoon or early Sunday, with a Wall Street Journal report that still is uncorroborated that um, indicated some people thought Iran was involved in the initial attack on Israel. And now maybe, maybe there will be proof of that. I don't know. I can't predict what new information might emerge today. We know President Biden is planning to speak at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Maybe he will offer more information. Maybe U.S. intelligence sources will come up with some sort of proof that Iran was involved in this. But I do know 
that there are some elements, including some Republicans. I hate to say that some Republicans were so quick to say that this had some connection with the deal that was made between the United States and Iran about returning the billions of dollars that the United States had frozen. There's no evidence that this had a, a thing to do with it. At least no evidence they didn't that I've receive seen. The money? Yet. No, it, it, is that, exactly. Is that factual, Bob. They never were given the money. No, the money hasn't yes. actually even been transferred. Yes. So yeah. you know, I mean, look. Here we are, less than eleven, or excuse me, less than thirteen months before the U.S. presidential election. We have uh, a House of Representatives in complete disarray. The Republicans cannot even agree on a leader. So this happens when Congress is unable to act. And it also happens as we look ahead to um, just over a month away where we'll have another potential crisis about shutting down the government again. You know, we're, things are things are messy here at home, and obviously they're terrible with with the uh, the conflict that suddenly exploded a few days ago in Israel. So, so. Bob, because Congress is is not in session, you know, does this have to do anything with like the possibility of war and how they have to agree to having the war? I mean. What difference does it make that Congress isn't in session, you know, or doesn't have a... Oh, I don't uh, know for sure what difference, but if if Congress wanted to it act... It doesn't make any difference. Well, potentially it could. Well, maybe it doesn't. Well, every well, then, war, I every mean, we don't know. Since, I mean, look, at the moment here, it's uh, 9.27 a.m. on October 10th. Maybe at this precise moment, it makes no difference whether the House is in a position to do anything or not. All we know is the House is in no position to take any action so on anything. So, yeah, we better hope that the president doesn't request any kind of specific action from Congress because Congress can't do a darn thing right now until the House gets its act together. So, yeah, is is it... A big crisis right now for the United States, both for domestic and foreign policy. I, I guess the country lurches on, even though the House of Representatives has no speaker. That's not my fault. You know, is this any way to run a railroad? You know, I, if, if our neighbors in Canada or Mexico were operating this way, or if other well-known countries on the planet were operating this way, a lot of Americans would be shaking their head and thinking, wow, it's not that hard to basically put together a government if you're a stable country. But maybe this is evidence that the United States is not as stable as it ought to be. And, you know, there might be some people who like it that way. There might be some people in some sectors of um, politics who are actually looking forward to creating more instability or at least the appearance of instability in our government. They may have their own nefarious reasons looking ahead to November 2024. Yeah, and, you know, maybe 
if you look at this war, you might want to say, if you're a Republican or if you're a Democrat, maybe we should put our differences behind us and try to make this country stronger by getting along. And maybe our whatever our party is, it doesn't have to be 100% Democratic. It doesn't have to be 100% Republican. We need to work together and come Oh, I'm getting a phone call here, Bob. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, I, I, I get it. I'll let you go. I, I understand your point. Thank right, you. Thank you. Well, we're stronger together. And I don't think we have to ignore our differences. Maybe we could work for a period of time to set aside some major policy differences and then work on some things together. Not say... All the differences we might have on big issues no longer matter. But maybe come to the conclusion, wait, those issues aren't going away. And we don't have to resolve those issues at the moment. Why don't we try to develop a more unified approach for the time being? Looking ahead, oh, I don't know, for the next three months. What about between now and January 10th? American politicians, elected officials, let's put aside some of the biggest divisive issues because they're not going to be solved in the next three months. So work to keep the government operating. Nothing's going to be gained by having another crisis in Washington, whether the government's going to shut down again right before Thanksgiving, that's not going to be in anyone's interest. Maybe the news media. Maybe that'll drive some clicks, but at some point it won't even help the news media because people are getting tired of hearing the same old song. I'm Bob Joseph. It's Tuesday morning. This is WNBF. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, WNBF, Bob Joseph live at 9.35. DJ in Binghamton, you're on the air. Thanks, Bob. Hey, good morning, everyone. You know, this is a very somber moment. And yesterday, I, I was we were in high spirits. I was joking around. We were at the Columbus Day Parade. Everybody was there. But you know what? I, I really felt convicted afterwards that I want to give condolences to everybody who has. There are people around here who have family over there and know people over there. You know, one of our own city council 
members is, is Jewish. And I, years ago, my mother used to laugh at me. She didn't understand when I told her I was a spiritual Jew. I adopted Israel as my, you know, my homeland, my motherland, because it's it's biblical. But anyway, you got you got to research that for yourself. But I just I did want to say, you know, God bless all those who are going through hard times. Um, the Binghamton University group had a gathering last night. And, Bob, you mentioned, I heard you say something about Thanksgiving. Listen, bro, people don't even call it Thanksgiving. They call it Turkey Day. People don't honor God in this nation, and they're never going to. And the main thing I wanted to say to Gary, who I, I met, I met Gary in Johnson City. He's, he's tall, good-looking guy. I love hearing him on the radio. And um, is that, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. I, don't you hate when that happens? It's called brain fog. But yeah, I'm sure it, does, it does happen more and more. <laughs> How you doing, Bob? Did you did you get out to the judging yesterday? No. <clears throat> what time was the judging? No, no. I well, I don't. Uh, I don't follow that. I don't subscribe to that. Years ago, that parade. Because when I came back from Peoria, pastored my second church in Peoria, I came back to Binghamton, and that parade was at in the afternoon. It was not at ten o'clock in the morning. Somebody started that. I'm not going to mention his name. It's ridiculous. He changed it to real early. Who wants to eat? They, and they used to have manicotti, lasagna. They don't even have that anymore. And so the, the judging is, I think the parade used to be at 2, but the judging's at, at 2. And uh, it was at 2 o'clock. And Johnson City just always shines. My family went there. I love Johnson City Wildcats. I support them. Uh I guess I have to call back if I remember what I was going to say. All right, well, it was important too. My mom used to always say, "Well, it must not have been very important." Well, well you that's okay. Remember. Don't don't worry. <laughs> Be happy. I'm very happy. Appreciate your call. Hey, thanks a lot. Nine thirty-seven WNBF. Good morning. This is Bob. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Michael from Fort Crane. Hey, Michael. Hey, Bob. You know, Bob. Uh, uh, I I feel sad for the. Uh, people that lost their lives at the concert over in Israel. And um, it was a cowardice thing by Hamas to to do what they've done. But, Bob, I've also, uh, I've worked in uh, Palestine. I was over there for six months. And um, I couldn't believe um, how the people of Israel, the Jewish people, um, how they have the border set up. And it would be, uh, you had to go through gates to get back into Israel. Um, they cut off services to the cities. Um, you couldn't get certain things. Um, I would say that they treat the people of Palestine, the state of Palestine, like we treated the Native Americans. I had a friend over there whose mother had to stay in her house because if she left her house, they would bulldoze her over just for the sake of getting land. And um, then there was also trouble at a U.N. camp. They are uh, a refugee camp. The people in the refugee camp are throwing stones. The Israel Army is, uh, is tossing rubber bullets at them. But then I think every other round had a real bullet in it. And by the time the U.N. got there... Of course, everybody was uh, um, saying they were being shot. So the Palestinian people are oppressed um, by the people of Israel. And as you say, 
there's probably there's people in Palestine that do not uh, the people in Palestine they're warm welcoming people and the people in Israel are the same and I think like in any war if the people got together it's only the warmongers um, that cause trouble it's not the uh, peaceful people of Israel and the people of Palestine that well, are that's the thing you you could probably get and I don't know what the percentages would be but a high percentage of of uh, both together you get a hundred of them together 50 from each side up at round top and endicott and we would have a great a great gathering and people would get along with each other because i think most people understand that our hopes and dreams are almost Identical, maybe not always identical, but very similar. And most people, I'm convinced, don't want to be at odds with other people, especially their neighbors. Even if, in some ways, they're different, in so many other ways, they're they're much like us. Yes, there's really uh, not much uh, difference. I would I would say that it's the a lot of the Americans that come over there uh, and that stay in Israel. Are, are, I would say, I hate to say it, but uh, are the troublemakers. But uh, uh, both people are uh, are peaceful people, and you only have, you know, the certain troublemakers. And, and closing, Bob, I, uh, I give you an example, is that uh, I did visit Gaza as part of work. I had to get a special uh, permit um, from the Israel government to go over, uh, go to Gaza, and... Um, but on my way home from Palestine, I had to go through, uh, you had to go through checkpoints. And I had a Palestinian driver whose car actually is official to go into Israel. And, um, an interesting story is to go into, uh, um, Israel, I had to stop at a checkpoint. Um, I had to prove my ID, show my passport. Driver had to show him the car was, uh, randomly searched. Then we're going down the highway, like 81, towards the airport. We got stopped with a rolling roadblock, where, again, we got out of the car, passports, searched the car, searched my uh, suitcase and everything. Now we go to the airport, where there's a special lane, and the uh, checkout point is probably, I would say, a good 10 miles from the uh, from the airport itself. We pull in there. They let the cab driver uh, go. He has to turn around and head back. Um, I get out, and um, a soldier, probably 18, 19 years old, is pointing his Uzi at me. He uh, has my passport. The soldier asked me uh, in Hebrew if I spoke English. Um, he asked me if I spoke German. He asked me if I spoke several different languages. And finally, he said, do you speak American? I said, yes. Now, his finger's on the Uzi. He says, uh, uh, why didn't you tell me to begin with? Well, he didn't ask me. Um, then uh, I was escorted into the back room um, where uh, my suitcase, they took everything out of my suitcase, uh, out of my computer bag, started up my computer. I had to start it up. They had to look at it, uh, put in a thumb drive I had. They looked at that. Of course, uh, I didn't get the cavity search, but I was searched thoroughly. By the time I got out there, the soldier has my ticket and my passport and says, you're going to miss your plane. 
and he waves it at me. He says, now you can go back with your friends over in Palestine. And I said, yes, it looks that way. He says, no, we don't want you in our country. He says, that a person, you're going, we're going to take you to the airport. You're going to meet a soldier there, and they're going to escort you onto the plane. Well, of course, Bob. I was uh, I went in a military vehicle onto the plane. Uh, I got to the airport. Was escorted by a soldier, very nice lady. She takes me right on the plane with the gun and puts me in my seat and says, "Stay out of our country." I said, "Thank you." And the way that was embarrassing. Um, and uh, I'm a United States citizen, and I was uh, kind of you know tan and dark from coming over there. But uh, they didn't want me in their country because I was in Palestine, and I had nothing against these people. But uh, that was uh, an adventure in in itself. And I'm in other countries. You know, it's uh, – I'm glad I didn't have to experience that adventure. I mean, fortunately, it worked out okay for you, but I don't know. It's – just hearing you recount your your experience is, um, it, in some ways, it's disturbing. Again, I, I won't say it's unexpected. It's about pretty right. much what I would expect. I I, I think I I'm trying to appreciate uh, where everybody in in that situation was coming from, and you know, there's hey, everybody has concerns, and nobody can be too careful, and. Furthermore, I want to know why Israeli intelligence and U.S. intelligence didn't know what was coming. Bob, I, I question that, too. And, uh, you know, the only thing that comes to mind and uh, is a false flag. Well, because you know, I, I, I think, I think a lot of questions have been raised, and so far you know, the answers have not emerged. I want to, I want to know why. Because the, that'll be the, I think, as bad as things are right now, that'll be one of the most compelling aspects of what happened a few days ago. And what, what was going on in the days and weeks before this began? Yes. They, you know, they, they, that'll be interesting to know because they had to know. Uh, we all know that Israel has very good intelligence, um, probably superior to ours, and how those people even get to where they got to. It's a, in my estimation, it it indicates massive failures on multiple levels. And I, I think, I mean, given, given how much the United States supports Israel, I think Americans want answers too. I'm sure obviously Israelis want answers. We all want answers to what, what transpired because this should not have been allowed to happen with, with as much money as spent on intelligence monitoring all the time. Appreciate your call. Oh, thank you, Bob. You have a good day. It's 9.47. I'm Bob Joseph. Always with a few questions. Seeking the answers at WNBF. News Radio 
Joseph Live taking calls at 607-772-1290. Call in and speak on Binghamton Now here on WNBF. being a Wego today. Jesse is in a Wego. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Wow. Hey, you got some interesting bumper music this morning, I must say. Well, we're using the uh, the A-team. That's all I can say. Ah, okay. I just want to follow up where uh, DJ was coming from, and I totally understand him. When you lose your train of thought, I get it, because we're living in very unique and interesting times. Sometimes it feels like it's dangerous times, but I get it. And the best advice that I can give him, because I, I know he's out there nourishing people. He's a talent on loan from God like the rest of us. We can't worry about what we can't control. We just got to live out the rest of our lives and make the best of it. And I promise you, I'm definitely going to do the best I can at that. Bob. That's why I call in. Well, you know, we just, every day, you start off every day, first of all, hopefully being thankful, you have one more day, or maybe Absolutely. at least one one more portion of a day. Look, I'm here now at 9.52 a.m., 4.52 p.m. in Israel. I have no idea how much longer. Will I live to see the end of the show? Hope so. Will there be a program sure. tomorrow? I'd like Long to think so, but... We don't know. So just take it one day or one hour or one minute at a time. But unfortunately, we're still going to pay taxes, <laughs> even if we, well, after we expire. Eh. And, and I don't say it's unfortunate. If we didn't pay taxes, well, what would we have? Yeah, we, we, we would have, you think things are chaotic now if we didn't pay taxes, if we didn't pay taxes, then we would have total chaos. And I'm not I'm not saying that I'm happy with the way every dollar I pay in taxes, the way every dollar is being spent, but hey, I'll I'll say this in in many cases notice I didn't say most cases, in many cases I think they're trying to spend things on on appropriate things. Do some things get funded? that I would like to change, either eliminate or reduce. Yeah, but I think I I think taken as a whole, local, state, and federal governments are doing a pretty good job. I didn't say perfect. Right. There there are problems. There no matter where you look. But then that's because government is run by people who are fallible, and in some cases, people who are greedy at times. But I'm not saying that, by and large, they're that much different from people listening, people calling. So I, I think they're generally, 
their intentions are good. And like some people, when opportunity presents, will they do some things that might be perceived to be in their personal interest or do favors for friends and associates? Yeah. And I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say that uh, they're not subject to the same temptations we are. Nothing is easy. You know, I mean, not everybody, not everybody can be as good as George Santos, but we can try. (laughs) Sorry, I had to drop his name. I see an email of a a story about George Santos and uh, the upcoming re-election bid, so I just had to uh, infuse his name into the conversation. Nothing personal. Nothing personal. Anyway, it wasn't wasn't me. I didn't bring that up. I know you didn't. I commend you. Hope you have a good morning. I think you are going to have a great day, Bob, and we are all going to have a great day. So God bless, be good, be safe. Absolutely. And thanks to everybody who started us off in our first hour. Don't worry, there's more to come. This program continues till noon. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening live on a Tuesday morning to News Radio, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 59. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 46. Partly sunny on Wednesday with a high near 61. A man out for a morning run through Binghamton's west side was hit by a sport utility street on Main Street. The jogger was struck at the intersection with Edward Street just before 8 a.m. on Monday. The man, believed to be in his mid-70s, was running west on Main Street. He apparently was in the crosswalk when he was hit by an eastbound Buick Encore, which was making a left turn onto Edward Street. The jogger sustained facial injuries and a possible broken ankle. He was treated by Binghamton Fire Medics at the scene before being taken by ambulance to Wilson Medical Center in Johnson City. The man whose name was not released by police said he had previously been struck by a vehicle near the same intersection decades ago. The woman who was driving the SUV was not injured. She said she did not see the man as she turned from Main Street onto Edwards. She said the bright sun may have been a factor. On Monday, approximately 1.37 p.m., New York State Police at Binghamton and other first responders responded to a crash on Interstate 88 eastbound in Colesville between exits 5 and 6. An investigation on scene revealed that a pickup truck pulling a front section of a vehicle and a pickup truck on a trailer when the operator lost control and rolled the vehicles. The vehicles ended up blocking both lanes. Some traffic was able to pass on the shoulder before the interstate was shut down and travelers were rerouted off exit 5 onto Route 7, then back onto I-88 at exit 6. The hauler left Elmira in the morning and was heading to Vermont. The operator and the only occupant was a 51-year-old male of Elmira. He was treated on scene but did not wish to be transported to a hospital. The Binghamton Planning Commission is considering an application to allow a bed and breakfast establishment in a single-family west side home. 
Jean Van Buren discussed a request for a special use permit for 43 Riverside Drive with commission members at a recent city hall meeting. A listing of the city's local landmark properties indicates the three-story Queen Anne-style house was built in 1894. Van Buren told the commission she's not planning to rent the B&B to long-term guests. The house is located across Murray Street from the Beth David Synagogue. Van Buren noted that there are now nearby homes that are being used for student housing and medical offices. She said she believes the plan for her house is consistent with the neighborhood. City planners asked Van Buren to provide an up-to-date floor plan identifying the bedrooms in the house. She indicated her intent would be to rent out only one room at a time. As part of the site plan review process, the planning commission will consider various issues, including parking, lighting, and public safety. The commission is expected to hold a public hearing on the bed and breakfast application at its November meeting. On October 6th, officers from the Cortland County Sheriff's Office were dispatched to a motor vehicle accident in the area of Hollywoods Road and Mount Roderick Road in the town of Taylor. During the investigation, officers determined that the defendant, Christopher Leonard, was operating the motor vehicle while suspended and in possession of a controlled substance. Through further investigation, officers determined that Mr. Leonard was also in possession of several stolen marijuana plants that were recently taken from a local business in Cortland County. Mr. Leonard was arrested for charges and transported to the Cortland County Sheriff's Office for processing. He was later arraigned through CAP and remanded to the Cortland County Jail without bail. Donald Trump's longtime finance chief is set to testify as the former president's civil trial enters its second week. Ellen Weisselberg, also a defendant in New York Attorney General Letitia James' lawsuit, is expected to testify today about his role in preparing Trump's annual financial statements. Includes conversations they had while finalizing the documents, which were used to make deals and secure loans. James' lawsuit alleges Weisselberg engineered Trump's financial statements to meet his demands that they reflect increases in his net worth and signed off on lofty valuations for assets. Trump, who attended the first three days of the non-jury trial last week, is not expected to return today. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF.
Bob Joseph taking your calls at 607-772-1290. It's Talk to Me Tuesday on WNBF. I wish they had a parade today. I'm going to talk with the people that set up the parades so they could uh, maybe start the parades at 12.30, and that way I would be able to attend. Because the way they have them scheduled now is just not all that convenient for me and my program. <laughs> I know you're saying, oh, Bob, it's all about you. No, but it also would be nice for people who sleep in. And what about the people who uh, don't like to get up that early? What about that? See, it discriminates against people who sleep in because you have the parade so early. What about the people who sleep in till noon? They're going to miss the whole parade. And I know some people say, well, you could always go and see the judging. Yeah, but that's not the point. It's not about the judging. It's about the fun. It's about the marching. It's about the music. It's about the sense of community. So more parades in the afternoon or even evening. Whatever happened to evening parades? I would, would like to have an evening parade for a change. Or a 24-hour long parade. Here's something that I thought was intriguing. I hadn't heard about this before, and it makes perfect sense. So there is a utility in Vermont, and they have this new idea, or it appears to be something of a new idea, with um, putting batteries. Can you imagine if uh, a company actually put a battery in your house? Yeah, the utility companies is putting in uh, batteries into people's homes. And the story, actually the headline on the New York Times website is better than the headline that appears in the print edition. The print edition says, utilities plan, put batteries in your home. A better headline is what appears... On the website, Vermont Utility plans to end outages by giving customers batteries. wonder if the people at NYSEG subscribe to the New York Times. Listen to this. Green Mountain Power is asking Vermont regulators to let it buy batteries it will install at customers' homes, saying doing so will be cheaper than putting up more power lines. I think I like that idea. Give me a battery. Please, give me a battery. Ready, kilowatt. Let's take a phone call. Hi, WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Oh, this is Tom from Endicott. Morning, Tom. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, you mentioned the parade yesterday, and I, I wanted to compliment the all the bands that performed in the parade. And uh, just, just wanted to mention that there was one band that 
didn't play any music until they got to the starting evaluation line. And they're the best band in the area. And I just want to give credit to the other bands that you know, there were some bands that had like one trumpet and they were out there and they were still trying to play four or five times before they hit the starting line. Uh, I just, I don't understand. You know, there are people out there, there's only 20% of the audience that's actually between the starting line and the evaluation. 80% of the people in that parade are not in that region. But I don't think well, I thought, I thought if you're in the parade, you had to play for the whole parade. When I, well, I guess I drum, didn't. They play, they play a drum case. Right. And we brought this up last year. Another caller also brought this up last year. I tried to mention it again this year. And uh, anyway, last year they just said we played a drum case. This year they added two by playing bump, 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 bump. But, you know, I, I just, I, I just like to suggest that maybe I mentioned to the two judges, perhaps next year they could say it's a parade and a competition. You need to play at least a couple times in the parade. And you certainly need to play in the competition. That's I'm just trying to make a positive change because I think a lot of people didn't get to hear the best band that was there and all the other bands played multiple times in addition to the competition. I know it's a trivial thing with all the other stuff going on in the world, but it's just one little thing that could be an improvement. All right. Well, I appreciate your calling that in and maybe they'll, they'll listen. I, I like that idea. I, you know, and, and maybe somebody from that band will call in and say, well, you two may like the idea, but we have a good reason why we do it our way and we're not going to change. But I don't know. I think, to be honest with you, I always like when people say to be honest with you, which it seems to indicate that I've been dishonest uh, up to this point. <laughs> it's more more like uh, buying, buying uh, one and a half seconds to uh, focus my thoughts. Now, my opinion is that it would be in everyone's best interest, including actually the, the people playing the band. I was in a high school marching band uh, many years ago, and not that we marched in that many parades, but the parades we marched in, I think we played constantly my recollection uh i think the longest parade i was in was the orange bowl parade in miami and i think that was a two mile long parade and i believe we were playing during most of the two mile parade so i i just think as and i played the tuba or sousaphone so i enjoyed i enjoyed my part and i just I would think most members of a marching band would prefer to play, but I also, I guess I can sort of maybe imagine why they do it the way they do it. I just think it would be, in the end, better for the members of the bands and also for everybody attending the parade if there was music throughout the uh, the entire parade. Yeah, especially, I mean, the, the, the music that they played, I mean, they're, they're just a world-class band in the area, and it's... It's just to share it with the rest of yeah. the folks. No, that's... And, and the last thing is, so I, I did yell out to one of the people. I said I was in the drum major previously in this band. Uh, I think you should really be playing on the parade route. And I said, I'm going to call the radio station tomorrow. They go, what radio station? So they got some free, <laughs> free information. But, I mean, I don't know who to reach out to. So well, the judges suggested I reach out to the parade committee. Well, and think, and, and well but... Those are the people that would care, right? Well, I, I would think they would care. And... I'm not, I don't deal routinely with the parade committee, but I, what I will say is by making this call, 
most likely there are people on the parade committee, I don't know how many, who are listening to the program now. And if they're not, at least some people who know uh, members of the parade committee are listening to this, and they might bring it up. And who knows? I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's that uh, that much to ask. I think it's it's um, a fairly simple thing. And who knows? Maybe maybe if the parade committee brings it up, maybe next year uh, people will be pleasantly surprised. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if that wonderful marching band is uh is is more than happy to entertain everybody along the parade route and they continue to do as well as they have in recent years. I I think yeah. you know, I think they have every reason to be proud and I I oh, think absolutely. yeah, I think absolutely. if if they can share their talents and and their music with more people, that would be um, that'd be a positive. Appreciate your call. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. That was my objective. Thanks very much. It's 1019 WNBF. What are we doing? We're working to improve our community and the world. One call at a time. 607-772-1290. My name is Bob Joseph. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. WNBF at 1022. Feline Radio for America. Beverly from the town of Dickinson. You're on the air. Uh, Bob, is there anyone out there that's, that's missing a pet? Because there's there's a orange and white cat that's been hanging around our house for about three days now. And do you know the cat's name? No, I don't. I never saw it before, but it, but it's been hanging around. It's been hanging around here, and uh, I. It's a good sized cat. I don't know. Probably weighs maybe maybe twelve pounds. It looks like maybe it's looking for a place to have to have babies. I don't know. Oh, but, well, then it's not Bill the uh, cat. It's been hanging around here for about three days. Yipes. Um. All right. Is anyone out there is missing a pet? Why, you know, uh, uh, they can call the radio, they can call the radio station. Sure, call me here at the station. Yeah, that's okay. what I'll do, you know, and, uh, I'll give you my, my name and, my name and address and so forth. I mean, it's a good sized cat. It's All right. Friendly, though. Well, maybe her name is Felicia the cat. I don't know. Don't right. know, but anyways, uh, it's a good. It probably weighs maybe ten, twelve pounds. It looks like it could it could have babies. I all don't right. Know. Well, you could have kittens on your hands. Keep an eye out, oh, brother. That's <laughs> all I need. Yeah, well, keep listening. Stay tuned. Okay. Bye. Thanks. WNBF serving America. The information you need. Twenty four seven. DJ in Binghamton, you're on the air. Hey, I remembered what I was going to say, but now i got to take a sidebar. We, doesn't everybody, how much do you hear about Beverly? I hear so much about Beverly. Everybody loves her so much. I think they ought to take that stray cat in 
and name it Brian after the singer of the Stray Cats, Brian Setzer. Stray Cat Strut, do 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 do. I'm sure it's a beautiful cat. But Bob, hey, listen, I remembered what I was going to tell you because Gary um, triggered that my friend uh, who I met, and um, so I think that. I think the Lord's intention was never to give up that Gaza Strip. They gave up the Gaza Strip in 2005 to make peace. There's not going to be any peace, bro. No, well, don't not. say that. Don't, you know, you, you're entitled to your opinion, but if you're going to come on the program and uh, say definitively there's not going to be any peace, well, that's too depressing. I don't want to hear that there's not going to be or never going to be peace. You should be speaking positively. That they should strive for peace now. They should. Oh, hey. I th- you know what I say? Give peace a chance. Give peace a chance. Well, why not? Why not? It's it's not just a great lyric. It's a great idea. I'm not saying that, Bob, though. That's, that's, what, the, that's what the Bible says, the word again. Yeah, but you still can strive for peace. If if, peop, if people say, oh, well, that's what I read, so what's the point? Then what is the point? So strive for peace, you know? Believe in miracles. Hey, I got to tell you something else, though. Listen to this. You were talking earlier about uh, the parade, and I've heard it a lot. And I, I, I aired my opinion, you know, that uh, that parade's way too early. Well, I looked it up on the web, and it's the... City of Binghamton, seven seven two seven thousand five. Says you. Well, first off, uh, first off, now I, as a public service, I tried to delete that number. Don't give out people's phone numbers. No, no, no. Don't give out phone numbers. I said people's, including office phone numbers. Don't give out phone numbers on this program. If if people want to figure out um, someone they want to call about the parade. I'll let them figure it out, but this is not a clearinghouse for phone numbers. Well, all right. I understand. They give it to you, the one here on the uh, visitbinghamton.com. Well, that's why they have a website. This this station doesn't give out phone numbers. What do you think we are, directory assistants? <laughs> let me put it this way. Our listeners are so smart, they already knew the number. Do they? So how come the time's not changed? You, you're going to stuff your face with manicotti at 10 in the morning? No. You come out. You gotta, you're in your No, the, the, the time, like I said. They don't I, you I, until, until 5 o'clock. As I That's said minutes cool. ago, no, 12 noon. What, 12 what about the poor people who sleep in every year? They must miss the parade because they're not, they're not getting out of bed till the crack of noon. So what about those people? I wanted to sleep in, and I had to get up at 4 in the morning and take my shower and get my clothes on and my suit, my three-piece suit, and walk over there. Right. I'm with you, brother. I'm I'm here to increase attendance. I say next year, let's do it at night. Let's do it, say, at 10 p.m. I don't wear three-piece suits. No, 2 o'clock's good. That's the time that it, that it was. But, uh, you know, they're, they're saying you got to contact them. Contact them and their sponsors on Visit Binghamton, whatever it is. Visit Binghamton. Sure. Like I say, most of our listeners already know how to get in touch. I don't think so. Well, I think so because we have the smartest and most delightful listeners on the planet. <laughs> you think Vinny from Binghamton's got that in the speed dial? Oh, I'm going to call uh, the city of Binghamton. I never get up. Why would he have it in a speed dial? 
Why would anybody have the city of Binghamton's number on speed dial to harass people at the city? No, not harass them. Well, you don't need anything in speed dial anymore. You just look up a number. If I want a pizza, I just remember the song. 1-800-PEATS-A. Uh, something like that. Or if I don't, if they don't have a song, like say City of Binghamton, they ought to have a jingle. Call City Hall whenever you want. 1-800-CITY-HALL. Otherwise, just look it up like normal phone users do. I want to see my friend Bob at the parade, and he's stuck in his dungeon. There you go. You can't get him. It's like a so life. It's a life. It it's a life sentence. <laughs> and I'm not complaining. I, you know, I show up here with a disturbing frequency, and that means 92.1 FM and 12.90 AM. Hey, everybody, call up. What's going on this weekend? I want to know. There's a movie coming out. What's it called? Afterlife. Oh, I heard there's another movie coming out. It's uh, Star Trek, The Final Footsteps. After Death, I think it's called. I heard there's uh, a new Twin Peaks movie coming out. It's called um, Whatever Became of Laura. I don't know what that is. <laughs> All right. Well, that's why you have the Internet. Look it up. Whatever became of Laura? Whatever became of Laura on the Twin Peaks? It's 1030 WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. WNBF. Live and local. Nothing but a fool's game. Standing in the cold rain. Feeling like a clown. Bonnie in Binghamton, you're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Bob, I wanted to share some statistics that I found. Um, and because sometimes I believe that the media is very lopsided. Um, on information, but um, out of the United Nations, they have a coordination of human affairs, humanitarian affairs department. And what they've shared with people publicly is that for the situation between the Israelis and the Palestinians, that since 2008 to 2023, just civilians alone, 3,803 Palestinians have been killed um, 177 in comparison, Israeli civilians have been killed. Now, in combat, um, the difference is 6,407 Palestinians have been killed versus 308 Israelis have been killed. And then injured, just injured, um, which is a separate fact, um, 152,560 Palestinians have been injured. And by the way, 83,000 of them have been injured during demonstration, which we should be appalled at. Um, and only 6,307 Israelis have been 
injured. Um, so I think, you know, that kind of gives you a different, the Palestinians have been going through an awful lot over the, these years. And then um, I looked up the Times of Israel, and the Times of Israel have reported some statistics as well. So, so some information on the Jewish settlers in the Gaza. Um, so far this this year, it's happened since 2022, um, actually, they've killed um, 47 Palestinians and injured 2,523 Palestinians. There's an attack on um, them about a, about a, 100 a month is being attacked, which is a, a 39% increase over 2022. So I think we have to be aware that there is another side to the story that we're not seeing in the news. So you're citing the numbers from the United Nations Office for the Coordinations of Humanitarian Affairs? Right. And uh, the last set of numbers came out of the newspaper, the Times of Israel. So the Jewish settler information. So this is information that's being publicized. All right. Well, I didn't even know the website existed. Now I'm looking at it, and that that's a lot of information. Uh, and there are different categories, Palestinian fatalities, Israeli fatalities, as well as uh, injuries to Palestinians and Israelis. So there's a lot of data that I see, data on casualties. It says the figures represent the number of Palestinians and Israelis who were killed or injured since 2008 in the occupied Palestinian territory and Israel in the context of the occupation and conflict. Right. And the important thing on that is there's, you know, there's two sides to this story. And although I don't condone what's happened over there with Israelis being killed, I also don't condone, condone the Palestinians being killed. And when we give billions of dollars to Israelis, um, Israel every year, we should expect better behavior. And this is not good behavior when they have the the ammunition and the, the the military strength that the Palestinians don't have. So it's just it's just information for your listeners and for them to be aware. There's two sides to this story, and you only see one side on TV. So appreciate your call. You're welcome. Ten thirty six at WNBF. Larry in Kirkwood. You're on the air. Hello, Kirkwood. (laughs) The lines are down between Kirkwood and Binghamton. And you know, I'm not surprised. Speaking of lines, I, I mentioned a few minutes ago about this utilities plan in Vermont. And I commend the article to you. The New York Times, Uh, you probably, I don't know how they have it set up anymore. You might be able to get this single article for free if you haven't been grabbing lots of free articles from the New York Times website already. I think think they still give out a a few articles per month for free for people who don't subscribe. So check this out about the um, plan by Green Mountain Power to um, put batteries into homes. And I I think it would be nice. 
to have a battery in my home. So when the power goes out, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry when Ready Kilowatt is going to get to my neighborhood to put my power back on. The story in the Times, written by Ivan Penn, reports that Green Mountain Power wants to buy batteries, bury power lines, and strengthen overhead cables. That's their proposal. The plan, it says, would be cheaper than buying a lot of new lines and power plants. This plan is a big departure from how U.S. utilities usually do business. Most of them make money by building and operating power lines that deliver electricity from natural gas power plants or wind or solar farms to homes and businesses. Green Mountain would still use that infrastructure but build less of it by investing intelligent-sized batteries that homeowners usually buy on their own. Listen to this. The company's chief executive, Mary McClure, said, Call us the un-utility. We're completely flipping the model, decentralizing it. Like many places, Vermont's been hit hard this year by extreme weather linked to climate change. Half a dozen severe storms, including major floods in July, caused power outages. Those calamities and concerns about the rising cost of electricity shaped Green Mountain's proposal, according to Mary McClure. She said, as the company ran the numbers, it realized that paying recovery costs and building more power lines to improve its system would cost a lot more and take a lot longer than equipping homes with batteries. So the Green Mountain plan builds on a program it's run since 2015 to lease Tesla home batteries to customers. Its filing is asking Vermont regulators to authorize it to spend $280 million to strengthen its grid and buy batteries. The company expects to spend $1.5 billion over the next seven years. It would recover that money through electricity rates. Of course it would. The utility said that spending is justified by the growing sum that it's been spending on storm recovery as well as trimming and removing trees around power lines. The chief of the Green Mountain Power Company says, We don't want the power to be off for our customers ever. People's lives are on the line. That's ultimately at the heart of what we're trying to do. This says Green Mountain would control the batteries, allowing it to program them to soak up energy when wind turbines and solar panels are producing a lot of it. And then when demand peaked on a hot summer day, the batteries could release electricity. Hmm. Well, there's more to the story. Of course, there's always more to the story. And I'm sure there are certain questions that I have. But still, I think it's an innovative idea. And if they want to try it out, maybe, who knows, maybe it's something that could be useful here in New York State. As I say, I think somebody at NYSEG reads the New York Times, so maybe somebody at NYSEG will run that idea up the flagpole at their next meeting. Imagine I'm at the NYSEG meeting in in Kirkwood. All the NYSEG bigwigs, and then me, a little wig, 
for some reason, I wind up at the meeting. So the meeting is about over. The person running the meeting says, she says, any other business? Looking around the room furtively and hoping nobody has anything else to say because everybody wants to get out of there and have coffee and donuts. And I raise my hand and say, yes. What about this idea of providing our customers with batteries to improve overall reliability. What about that? And then she would say, Bob, you're out of order. We want coffee. We want donuts. Meeting over. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She wouldn't do that. She'd say, Bob, that's a great idea. How would you like a $100,000 bonus for coming up with the best idea of the year? It's 1043. This is Bob Joseph live 607-772-1290. You're listening to WNBF at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM and always available on the WNBF app. WNBF Power Radio. It's 1048. Just talk radio. But gas prices are dropping. Gas prices are dropping, they say. And you know who they are. They say gas prices continue to drop across New York. And we certainly know who's responsible for that. Thank you. He did that. Thank you for lower gas prices, as uh, reported by a major website in the region. Story by Christopher Malone. Good news. To start our work week, gas prices continue to drop. The AAA, AAA. AAA said this trend could continue for the next couple of weeks. Looking at the gas prices, uh, this story says drivers in the Syracuse area will pay 3.85 on average at the pump. That's a three cent drop compared to last week. Across New York State, there's a four cent drop compared to a week ago. Thank you, AAA. Whatever that means, AAA. A-A-A. Let me actually 
thank Chris Malone for the story. Now, I'll go to AAA. I'll go to AAA, he said, on live radio, and find out what the actual numbers are for the Binghamton area. Let's take a look at the Binghamton area from our friends at AAA. Broome County. One of the best counties we know. Actually, so Binghamton Market, according to AAA, the regular price, the current regular price is 3 90 and 9 tenths, of course. To throw in the 9 tenths compared to a week ago, that's eh, a little less than 2 cents lower. And compared to a month ago, that's about 3 cents lower. So, yes, uh, price is down a bit here in the Binghamton market. I will say, having visited the Syracuse market over the weekend, I was disturbed at how low gas prices were in Syracuse, but I think we've covered that before. Actually, let me look at the numbers here for the Syracuse market. So we just established the current price for regular in Binghamton, according to AAA, is 390 and 9 tenths. The uh, price for diesel is 477. So let's page over to Syracuse to see what they... Hmm. Yes, gas in Syracuse regular is three eighty three and seven tenths, and diesel is four sixty eight. So yeah, there is a difference. It's an interesting difference, about a nine cent difference a gallon for diesel, and about seven cents a gallon for regular. I know. We've talked about it before. Why is it that way? Well, because that's just the way it is. It's interesting, actually. Here's here's actually a surprising and somewhat disturbing number that I just punched up. Do you believe, even I don't believe it, but it's it's here on my screen, according to AAA gas prices, do you believe at the moment, if these numbers are accurate, that the average price for regular in Binghamton is higher, actually higher than New York City? I don't know why. One would think in New York City, because it's the city and they claim everything's more expensive in the city compared to Binghamton, but no... The AAA average price now for New York City is three ninety and eight tenths of a cent, whereas according to their website, the current price here in Binghamton is one tenth of a cent higher. So, you may ask yourself, why is that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because the gas we're getting here is better. Looking hopscotching around New York State. If you're in Albany, gas prices, according to this website, are uh, about $0.09 cents a gallon cheaper compared to Binghamton. 
Uh, same in Batavia. Let's look for Buffalo. Mm. About eight cents cheaper in Buffalo. Elmira. Elmira. If you go to Elmira, according to this, AAA, the gas average gas price in Elmira is 14 cents a gallon cheaper than Binghamton. It's almost Ithaca. Okay, there's there's one place where the price is actually a tad higher than Binghamton. So Ithaca's gas price is almost a penny per gallon higher compared to Binghamton. So anyway, let's, uh, let me just check one other thing here. Let's see, Watertown. Eh, Watertown is about the same. White Plains, yeah, a little bit cheaper. What was the other place I was going to check? Anyway, as they say, for what it's worth, department. It's 10.54 here at News Radio WNBF. The other thing that uh, is certainly likely to have some impact on gasoline prices is uh, this sudden conflict, the war in the Middle East, and unfortunately, that could push gas prices higher. However, interestingly, and I heard a, a report this morning on one of the business updates that oil prices, although they spiked a bit after the start of the war, after Israel was attacked, that they started to stabilize and that prices, actually U.S. oil prices, started to come down a bit. And part of that, the explanation was, is that um, demand, demand for oil and gasoline is actually down. And part of that is because we're going into the um, cooler weather part of the year. So the so-called driving season's pretty much over. So with less demand in the U.S. and maybe elsewhere, that could help keep prices stable despite the war that's now underway. So we'll see what happens. It's 10.56. We have more conversation coming up. More information for you on this Tuesday morning. I'm Bob Joseph on News Radio WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 59. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 46. Partly sunny on Wednesday with a high near 61. A man out for a morning run through Binghamton's west side was hit by a sport utility street on Main Street. The jogger was struck at the intersection with Edwards Street just before 8 a.m. on Monday. The man, believed to be in his mid-70s, was running west on Main Street. He apparently was in the crosswalk when he was hit by an eastbound Buick Encore, which was making a left turn onto Edwards Street. The jogger sustained facial injuries and a possible broken ankle. He was treated by Binghamton Fire Medics at the scene before take, being taken by ambulance to Wilson Medical Center in Johnson City. The man whose name was not released by police said he had previously been struck by a vehicle near the same intersection decades ago. The woman who was driving the SUV was not injured. 
She said she did not see the man as she turned from Main Street onto Edwards. She said the bright sun may have been a factor. On Monday, approximately 1.37 p.m., New York State Police at Binghamton and other first responders responded to a crash on Interstate 88 eastbound in Colesville between exits 5 and 6. An investigation on scene revealed that a pickup truck pulling a front section of a vehicle and a pickup truck on a trailer when the operator lost control and rolled the vehicles. The vehicles ended up blocking both lanes. Some traffic was able to pass on the shoulder before the interstate was shut down and travelers were rerouted off exit 5 onto Route 7, then back onto I-88 at exit 6. The hauler left Elmira in the morning and was heading to Vermont. The operator and the only occupant was a 51-year-old male of Amira. He was treated on scene but did not wish to be transported to a hospital. The Binghamton Planning Commission is considering an application to allow a bed and breakfast establishment in a single-family west side home. Jean Van Buren discussed a request for a special use permit for 43 Riverside Drive with commission members at a recent city hall meeting. A listing of the city's local landmark properties indicates the three-story Queen Anne-style house was built in 1894. Van Buren told the commission she's not planning to rent the B&B to long-term guests. The house is located across Murray Street from the Beth David Synagogue. Van Buren noted that there are now nearby homes that are being used for student housing and medical offices. She said she believes the plan for her house is consistent with the neighborhood. City planners asked Van Buren to provide an up-to-date floor plan identifying the bedrooms in the house. She indicated her intent would be to rent out only one room at a time. As part of the site plan review process, the Planning Commission will consider various issues, including parking, lighting, and public safety. The Commission is expected to hold a public hearing on the bed and breakfast application at its November meeting. On October 6th, officers from the Cortland County Sheriff's Office were dispatched to a motor vehicle accident in the area of Hollywoods Road and Mount Roderick Road in the town of Taylor. During the investigation, officers determined that the defendant, Christopher Leonard, was operating the motor vehicle while suspended and in possession of a controlled substance. Through further investigation, officers determined that Mr. Leonard was also in possession of several stolen marijuana plants that were recently taken from a local business in Cortland County. Mr. Leonard was arrested for charges and transported to the Cortland County Sheriff's Office for processing. He was later arraigned through CAP and remanded to the Cortland County Jail without bail. Donald Trump's longtime finance chief is set to testify as the former prison civil trial enters its second week. Ellen Weisselberg, also a defendant in New York Attorney General Letitia James' lawsuit, is expected to testify today about his role in preparing Trump's annual financial statements. Includes conversations they had while finalizing the documents, which were used to make deals and secure loans. James' lawsuit alleges Weisselberg engineered Trump's financial statements to meet his demands that they reflect increases in his net worth and signed off on lofty valuations for assets. Trump, who attended the first three days of the non-jury trial last week, is not expected to return today. That's a look at news. 
For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. Joseph taking calls now, 607-772-1290. Call and talk on WNBF. Logical calls. That's what we'll take this out. And sensible calls. We have some interesting stories in the hopper. For WNBF.com. Later today, you'll see some intriguing new things happening around our area. That's what I do. Ask people about intriguing new things that are going to happen around here. And I know sometimes people say, gee, there's never anything new going on around here. Well, point of fact, there is quite a bit new going on. And we are here to help document the new stuff as it happens because there is always new stuff happening so stay tuned to WNBF on air at 92.1 FM 1290 AM and use your app WNBF app providing you with um, the information and the conversation and occasionally the entertainment that you really crave. And also listening on WNBF.com. Let's see what else is uh, going on. We already made reference to the gas prices. It's still, still not anything like California gas prices. California gas prices are out of control. Must be the governor's fault, right? Yeah, that's what some people listening would say. Well, the reason the prices of gasoline in California are so high is because of that governor. Okay. All righty. Believe it if you will. All right, let's take a call. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, uh, John from Binghamton. Hi, John. How you doing? Uh, let's talk about judicial ethics, campaign ethics, because this tells you uh, what kind of judges you have on the bench. Uh, we've talked about the district attorney's race. Well, let's talk about the people that are campaigning for these judgeships. Uh, their campaigns are not only regulated by the New York State regulators that regulate all political campaigns, but there's additional uh, supervision 
by the Uniform Court System, uh, CRR New York 100.5. Here it is. A judge or candidate for elected elective judicial office shall refrain from inappropriate political activity. And here it is. Participating in any political campaign for any office or permitting his or her name to be used in connection with any activity of a political organization. So if you go to the Batisti for DA Facebook page, I believe, you will see him, Paul Batisti, with his campaign sign, and then he is flanked by Judge appointed judge Sophie Bergman and Cheryl Insignia. They all have their campaign signs, and it says clearly Batisti for district attorney. They are participating in his campaign. Uh, they, if they're elected, uh, they probably will be removed. Uh, there's been other violations. Now, one of the interesting things is the judicial candidates, they can run as a team. Because I've, I've checked this out before in other judicial elections. So uh, there was oh, three. Oh, I know. They've, they've done that before. I think one time yeah. a team of them actually came in here to the station to be uh, interrogated. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, we've lost about eight judges in the last 25 years, uh, been removed or sanctioned or whatever. Uh you know, uh, this this stuff is getting very, very hard to swallow for me. Uh, you know, you had Robert Murphy, a city judge, uh, hearing cases from his law firm. I mean, they, you know, this stuff is just out of hand. And the fact is, is that these two uh, lawyers, these two attorneys, uh, know better, and they're deliberately violating uh, the uh, restraints on a judicial campaign. So... You know, what do you want from me? Uh, wh what do you want from the voters? You want the voters to condone this. We have got, and you know, how you know a lousy judge is how many times they're appealed. And uh, we have all these cra this crazy stuff going on here in these cases. Uh, you know, you can, uh, these rulings are just unbelievable, and they're being crushed on appeal. And it shows that we've got either incompetence, corrupt uh, thing, or I don't know what, what uh, maybe substance abusers. Because oh, John. Well, uh, John, let me ask you judges let me will ask, not be abusing substances. Well, let me ask you this, Bob: uh, the average public worker is subject to uh, random drug testing. Uh, these judges aren't. Uh, so what do you want from me? It's a speculation, but, you know, they're judges that have a nice bottle of Jim Beam in their, in their uh, oh, quarters. I suppose it's a coping mechanism. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That uh, potentially sounds as though I'm minimizing or trivializing people who might indeed have have um alcohol or substance abuse issues yeah, and i no. don't i don't wish to do it if anybody does by the way whether you're a judge or the host of a fine radio program in binghamton help is available and that's that's the one the one thing i want to stress you know whether you're hosting a program like this from nine to noon or 
someone who listens to the program. And by the way, some judges do listen to the program, John. They, they in fact, have told me they've never said um, when I, I take a break, the court is in recess. I've never said what the reason is. And they've also never said, um, and because of the nature of some of the callers or some of the topicality, I, I also am forced to self-medicate. I've never heard that, but they do. <laughs> there are judges in Broome County who do listen to the program. I don't know if it's for information or comic relief or whatever, but... And to your point here about Section 100.5, this is quite an interesting section, and I know many of the listeners will be surprised. I've never read it before. This is a fairly comprehensive section regarding judges and candidates for judicial office. Uh, A lot of of, of specifics there, Johnny. Uh, Absolutely, and there's... you know, I'm going to have to go over it, but there's something about shutting down the social media sites after the election at a certain time. Uh, but And there's also something about promising things where the judge would have no authority. And this was the sump uh, or false uh, f- uh, falsehoods b- uh, being expressed in the campaign. Now, this was part and parcel of the 2014 uh, family court uh, election where the current incumbent judge now won 10 years ago on a platform uh, saying that he could somehow uh, reform <laughs> the courts. Uh, a single judge can't reform anything, and uh, that's up to the state legislature, yet he got elected, and yet all his campaign material uh, from the last election all the, the the website, the Facebook page, whatever it is, is uh, there uh, to uh, to go over that thing. That should have been shut down a long time ago. Uh, so I don't know what they're doing, but uh, uh, they're not doing it right, and uh, you know they should be called out on it. Also, and I just noticed this, although it's not the it's not a current edition, or maybe it's the most recent edition. They're actually the New York State Advisory Committee on Judicial Ethics. First thing that uh, appeared here is a 73-page handbook. That's, that's a lot of ethics. Yeah. yeah wow. And, yeah. Huh, okay. Well, at least at least I have something to read tonight if I am tossing and turning and can't get to sleep. Thank you. Yes. We want ethical behavior, especially, most importantly, from... Local talk show hosts. I think now more than ever, it's important. Oh, and also cable news hosts. If if talk show hosts are going to be held to a certain standard, cable channel hosts should be held to a high standard. Six. Well, everybody should be held to a higher standard, right? I don't care who... I don't care who you are. People who listen to this program already, already are held to a higher standard because they listen to WNBF. 607-772-1290. If you have thoughts to share, we're here till noon. We'd love to hear from you on this Tuesday morning. I'm Bob Joseph live. WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM streaming at WNBF.com.
From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. Hi. at WNBF, WNBF.com. Oh, a marijuana, a marijuana breathalyzer. All righty. All righty then. Maybe they'll uh, start selling these to employers in New York State. They uh, do have the new marijuana breathalyzer for those of you who uh, celebrate the newfound freedom to spend lots of your hard-earned dollars on a highly taxed product, so uh, New York State government can have increased revenue to spend on important programs. So the new marijuana breathalyzer product has now hit the market, and according to the Albany Times Union, it's billed as a way for employers to screen workers for on-duty marijuana use. I think just from... A casual observation, some downtown Binghamton employers might want to check this out, assuming they care. I'm not sure any downtown Binghamton employers care anymore. I think mostly, and this is off the record, mostly I think downtown Binghamton employers care most about having people showing up for work every day on time taking a break at lunch and then coming back and doing their job as far as do they want to test their loyal employees for the use of marijuana especially now that it's legal and now that Kathy Hochul is doing commercials for weed on Court Street in Binghamton would seem to me that this is a ship that's already sailed you know if Kathy Hochul Last time she was here on Court Street in Binghamton, thought it was more important to go do a commercial, do a photo op and video over at um, the weed shop, which, hey, I have no problem with that. But she thought it was more important to do that than to stop here at the studio and take some of your phone calls. So shows you what her priorities are. She has placed a higher priority on selling weed in New York State to people who indulge compared to answering your questions here on the radio. She could have done both, by the way, because her photo op at the cannabis corner only lasted a few minutes, so she could have done her pictures and video encouraging New Yorkers to buy more weed from the licensed stores so the state could get the money. She could have done that and then come over here for 30 minutes to take your calls. But obviously, in life, you have to make some choices. And we know her choice was 
selling weed, just like the other day, a few days ago, her choice was selling beer. And I'm not a moralist. Gee, I wish I was. But I just don't think, a couple things I don't think government should be involved in. No, three things. It's not limited to three things, but three things that come to mind right now. First, I don't think government should be encouraging people to drink beer, even if it is a product made in New York. I'm not saying you can't. Go ahead, drink beer, drink wine, drink liquor, drink water. If it's non-contaminated. So there are some limits. Oh, hi, Bill. Hi, Bob. Hi. Is everything okay? Yes. All right. I just heard, I heard something in the hallway and I wasn't. It's okay. It's not the guy from. Did, uh, might as well come in now because you had interrupted my train of thought. So over there, that's, uh, that tree, that tree over there. Yeah. Hold on. Thank you. Hello. Thank you, Bob. Hold on. Do you realize right now, Bill, this is the only thing that's on WNBF? The only thing that's on? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The Bob Joseph Show. Yeah. Thank you. Guest starring Bill Flynn, the polka king. (laughs) How are you? Well, good. Thanks for letting me come in. Well, I had no choice. People wanted to know what the noise was, and if if I... If I let it go unexplained, people would think that we were, you know, concealing some information. It was just you putting some equipment there. Yes, I'm sorry. I was putting something there. No no apologies. Okay. All right. You know, being in love means never having to say you're sorry. So so you had some equipment, and tell the listeners what you were doing with that equipment. Well, I just had some old CDs that I had to get rid of. They were worn out. They were broken, and I... I just discarded them. That's all. I have double good copies. So, uh, oh, okay. That's all it was. So it's okay. I mean, uh, we we don't have to file any reports with the FCC <laughs> or the FAA <laughs> or right. the TSA. Everything exactly. Yeah. We're good. Good to be on your show, Bob. It's it's an honor. It is an honor it's for an honor. me. So, Thank you. Well, I mean, it's an honor for me to work at the same station with the King. We've done this before, and it's been a joy, and it still is. Great right. to work with you. Okay, carry on. You too, my wayward son. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, get back over just one final question since I brought it up. Carry on, my wayward son by Kansas. Do you ever play that on your Saturday show? By Kansas, no, mm. no, classic eighties, right? Yeah, I can't remember. No, Mike, I don't Mike know. No, I, I know most of the songs that come up. I let don't. me look it up. I thought one time I was driving in my car, as I do sometimes on Saturday. Let me look this up because it seems to me it should be on your. You should put it in rotation. Carry on, my wayward son, 1976, by the Kansas. I don't recall that. Uh, so many songs are in the in the system. I don't recall that right. one though. No. Right. For some reason, I swear. I was one time I was on the Parkway near the Four Corners where they want to put in the new roundabout, and I I was driving around saying, "Man, this would be so much more efficient with a roundabout instead of sitting here at this traffic signal for three and a half minutes." So, <laughs> all right, well, and the the Saturday show is on what from six a.m. to six p.m. No, we start seven a.m. Bob. Seven noon we do the eighties and mm-hmm. then uh, classic hits. Then uh, noon to four. It's always back to the late 60s and early 70s. Great decades of music. All right. Well, I'm glad that you're doing it. And, of course, yes, thank you. Then we do a lot of remotes, as you know. We've been on the road all summer. We had over 20, 20 remotes since June, and we finished up a couple of weeks ago at the Oktoberfest in Maine. So we've been you know who I like? 
is Kevin Bixby. Uh-huh. I think he's and and I and I didn't hear this firsthand, but somebody told me that when you were away for a time, Kevin Bixby was actually holding down the fort. Yes, yes, Kevin. Well, one of us has to be here, Bob, on Sunday. One of us has to be because here. Because it's live. I mean, it's, it's, exactly. we, we don't take that Sunday polka show for granted. It's live. That's right. Yeah. It always is. People people look for the latest news and weather, and no other radio station has it on Sunday morning. Kevin covers that aspect of it. We have two different audiences. People want to hear the news, weather, and sports, and Kevin has all that fresh a lot of people want to hear where I'm going, what I'm doing, what's happening in the community, and that's my side of the show. So we have two different, two different audiences, and it's just, just terrific. And he did fill in last couple of weeks for me. I was, I recorded the first couple of hours, but then Kevin filled in. So we'll be back together this coming Sunday. All right. I'll try to tune in. When you can. Well, yeah, I'm busy. You know, I'm a busy guy, I and i got are. things to do and people to see, but in between, so I can't listen to the whole thing, but I'll, I'll listen to as much as I can this Sunday. And i listen to you as much as I can, too. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Billy. Got to run. Okay, okay buddy. I, there you go. I get answers. I always have a few questions. It was just CDs, kids. It was nothing. It was nothing to be alarmed about, I'm told. So it's 11.32 at WNBF. So as I was saying, I think I was trying the, the point, I'll, I'll make it very short now since we, we managed to burn up three and a half minutes of valuable airtime. Um, so my thought is, this is it's not moralizing, it's just a thought, three things government should not encourage people to do. And it's not from a moral standpoint, it's just, I don't think the government has any business encouraging you to drink alcohol um, by putting commercials on your website or on your Twitter feed holding a beer, as they do, as I think the governor did a few days ago. Uh, I don't think the government should encourage people to use drugs, as uh, Kathy Hochul did when she came to Court Street to promote the new cannabis corner. I mean, it's legal. Again, it's not a moral. It's not judgmental. It's just something I don't think government needs to do. And then the other thing is is encouraging people to gamble. You know, running this lottery thing and trying to induce people. Oh, you might win a you know mega trillions. The jackpot is up to three trillion dollars. You got to be in it to win it and all that stuff just seems to me government has other things it ought to be doing instead of encouraging people to spend their hard-earned money on things like alcohol, drugs, and gambling. And again, I'm not saying you shouldn't. No, by all means, if, if you want to drink and smoke and gamble... That's why you live in this country. It's your right to do, as long as you don't harm anyone else, do it all responsibly. But just my opinion, and I know people are saying, gee, Bob, that's, that's pretty radical. We, we knew. We knew you were a liberal. 607-772-1290. It's Tuesday morning. What do you think? Call WNBF.
WNBF. Fun, natural fun on the radio. That's one way to keep out of trouble, kids. Vinny and Binghamton, you're on the air. Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, listen, I, I want to talk about what uh, John from Binghamton just called in to talk about a judge and pictures and on websites and stuff like that um, with uh, individuals that are running for the district attorney. You know, I, I think this is going to, I mean, it, that that's just craziness to me. Any judge running with, with pictures, it's just, you know, I think it's going to come down, Bob, to, I mean, what can really kind of get some fire is I'm really waiting to see what Michael Korchak is going to say. I really am. I wonder if he's going to come out and talk about his office. Because let, let, let's face it, Michael Korchak, you and the people that voted you in have realized, at least what I've seen, is our local Republican Party has cut your throat twice. They've cut your throat twice. Some, and okay, they want their own in there. And you're holding the walls. You're holding your place down. You're holding your, 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 your whole office. But yet your party doesn't want you. For some reason. Probably because you're doing right. And, and it's obvious. So I'm going to wait and see. I like to see when his voting comes. How many Michael Korchak people are going to come over? And vote for Matt Ryan. Because that office needs to have somebody who's ran a big office. Listen, Bob, you can talk all you want about I'm going to fill all these positions here. But you need applications. And you're going to run into the same thing as every ever the business. Any other any other municipality. you got to hire people. And if they don't fill out those applications, you're not going to have them. And at this point, guess what? Who's going to check on you? Who's going to check on you to see that the office, when you get in there, the office is just as empty or maybe even more empty than when Michael Korchek is in there. And that's that long-term thinking. And that's why I say when you put the two district attorneys' resumes together, one has ran a huge, huge office, largest city in Broome County. The other one's probably only problem was who's going to go out and get coffee and donuts today. That's the difference, and it's right there in front of you. So it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting, this vote, and, and, and because I'm going to tell you, once, th once this certain group gets in there, they're going to take a little bit. Then guess what? They're going to take a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, and then it'll be locked down. And why? Because the, the people in Broome County didn't get off their duffs, even though they saw what was going on was wrong. They just sat there and wanted somebody else to get out there. So that's what's coming. That's what's coming. The election, and maybe people aren't aware of this, but the election is four weeks from today. And early uh -huh. voting actually starts in 18 days. The early voting in New York will begin October 28th. So for those who think that the election is still a long way off, no, it's actually it's almost here. Got a mayor in Indicott who said basically the same thing. And you see what she had to do. And you see you see some of the, the, the verbiage that is it, from certain people at her. It's, it's, what more do you need? What more do you need? 
So I, I, I think we need to, you know, we, we, Michael Korchuk, he had to get out of his own party and go independent. The Democrats and, and his followers got him in there. So I'm going to see what this is going to be real interesting. All right. Well, now, stay tuned. This is the station well, that's going to cover it. Hey, Bob, I ain't going anywhere. I'm going to be right here, man. All right. <laughs> We're here for you. Thank you. It's 1142. Bob Joseph doing the work of hundreds of people. Obviously, I'm exaggerating. Doing the work of one person the best I can. <laughs> Larry, you're on the air. Larry from Kirkwood. Oh, you had to get me behind Vinny. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay, I was about to jays earlier for uh, dumping on you there. My phone ran out of power, so that's why I had to hang up. I just wanted to comment because you started to sing there that I was good to say. Please, Bob, don't sing. Please, don't sing. <laughs> It's like it's like me trying to sing. So that is the most important thing on your mind today. We were in a period of war. Israel is under attack, and there there, there are people, hundreds of people, dying uh, after the attack on Israel. Uh, Ukraine war is continuing. Gas prices in Binghamton now are higher than they are in New York City. And the main thing you need to tell the American public and potentially 8 billion people on the planet, is I shouldn't sing. <laughs> Come on now, Bob. Don't take it so personal. No, I was just going to say, I'm not taking it personally. No, no, I I understand your priority and duly noted. I promise, I solemnly pledge not to sing anymore today. Between now and 12 noon, you will not hear me sing. Yeah, I was just having a little fun with that. All know? right. I think I think when I sing, as long as I don't do it too often or for too long, I think in some twisted way it serves as comic relief for people for people who are easily amused. You want a real comic relief, you do you want to hear me sing. That's terrible. <laughs> well, we could do a duet. We'll wait till Friday. Oh, Music yeah. Friday and 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 you and I will sing a medley of Taylor Swift's greatest hit. Oh. <laughs> hey, have a great afternoon. I appreciate your call. Okay, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> now I've made a vow. I can't sing for another fifteen minutes. But I will be singing during the network news. Fortunately for you, that is not going to be on the air. I'll sing to my heart's content when ABC News comes on at noon. Hi, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Vic from the Forks. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, listen, for the first time that I can remember in a long time, I agree with Vinny. Uh, I think the Republican Party made a mistake in back in Batisti. Uh, I think it was a big mistake. We have a guy that loses most cases he's involved with, a guy that uh, isn't very honest. He He's breaking election. Uh, well, that's your opinion. I mean, you know, if you want to uh, start calling people dishonest, I, I don't know. I mean, you are on record, and we've covered this um, from the, the time that you officially endorsed Matt Ryan for the DA's office. You are officially on record as, as supporting Matthew Ryan, the Democrat, versus Paul Battisti, the Republican nominee. So what else 
can we say? I mean, the election will be in four weeks. Are you going to vote? Huh. Uh, Bob, I haven't missed a, vote, a day of voting since I was 18 years old. Same here, man. Well, I missed one. But it wasn't. It was for some local election. I can't remember what the office was. I think I missed one, and it was unintentional. But it's just the way it worked out. I think I was planning to vote after work, and for some reason, I had to go out and cover a, a breaking news story. But I wasn't happy about it. I vote every election. I just hope that people listen to John and, and that they listen to uh, Vinny. Uh, there's a lot of violations being done, and it doesn't matter about the character of the candidate. What matters is that the violations are being done. And uh, if they're willing to violate that much, uh, what are they going to do when they don't have checks and balances? Uh, and, well, know, and the media, the news media, is here to keep them honest. That's why we have the newspaper and the TV stations and the radio stations, to keep the uh, elected officials honest. We don't have a local-run newspaper. And I honestly believe, Bob, that in the back of many people's minds, they're afraid to speak out because if this man wins, he's not going to forget those who spoke the loudest. And if they get a traffic ticket or something like that, there won't be any bargaining or anything like that. Wait, you're I'm saying sure. you're saying if somebody supports the opponent, that the the new DA would potentially exact some sort of form of retribution for their support of of the other candidate? In my opinion, Batisti would. Well, what about the other guy? Why Why do you think, and I'm not saying he would, I'm, this is, I'm just asking a serious question. I think this would apply in any DA's race. What, what's to keep anybody who's elected district attorney in any county, anywhere, from potentially abusing their power. That was the point I just made. Okay. People All right. Well, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not casting aspersions. I just ask questions. So, well, we'll see what happens. You know, the um I think you already said this before that you don't believe in early voting that you're actually going to vote at the polls on November 7th. Unless I get sick, I'll be at the polls on right. November 7th. Well, maybe I'll see you there. Oh. Oh, no. If, huh? Donna Barker? Yeah. If you see me there, it's not going to be to vote there. It's going to be to covering a news story. Maybe I'll go cover the polls in the town of Barker on Election Day. People will be like, of all the polling places you could have picked to cover on Election Day, why did you go to the town of Barker? And people would say, well, he likes to drive to different communities around the listening area, which I do. Anyway, appreciate your call as always, Vic. Take care, Bob. Thanks. 1149 WNBF. More calls, more often. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm John from Binghamton. Morning. What's up? Well, uh, something that we didn't have, I don't think, uh, when you were uh, coming up, uh, and something we don't have today that we could bring back around that would turn all these troubles about marijuana, about smoking, about gambling probably, a lot of the troubles could be turned around if we gave the young men the opportunity to serve their country by draft, as we had in the 60s and 70s. Bring back the draft, and they don't have to go 
overseas. They can stay right here. We got plenty for them to do. Well, why, why men? What, well, what okay. about what yeah. about all the right, other right, half right, of the population? Right. Why why play right. play favorites right. when all you right. could it get was because it was men. Bob. Yeah, no, I'm because saying this is 2023. Let's get with the times, man. Wait a second. Don't tell me I'm not with the times because I am one of the people that did go and serve my country. Okay, so please don't tell me get up with the times. It's the times that are the problem. That's what you're talking about on the radio with all these individuals that are calling. It's the times. And um, I, I just believe that we would see a lot less of some of the things that you're talking about, all the destruction in the cities that's happening, uh, the, uh, the the people on the streets, and, and definitely uh, cut out this uh, marijuana uh, uh, Circus. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one bad thing, though. And I I, I, uh, I think, unfortunately, Vietnam proved that uh, a lot of our young men who went to Vietnam wound up not just being introduced to marijuana, but also heroin and other drugs. So it's, I, I do appreciate your point, though. I, I agree that the nation would do well to at least explore some some sort of form of public service for for all young people so i do appreciate your call a reason for that is where were they they weren't in kansas dorothy they were across, yeah, I know. around the world and in 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 in, a, in countries that uh that lived off of that stuff i know i i, I am fully aware and thank you for your call, and thank you for your service. I am fully aware of where they were. I'm also fully aware that 50 years ago, a young soldier from Binghamton died because a fellow service member injected him with heroin. That's what happened 50 years ago, 1973. And according to his parents... This young man never used drugs. And even he wrote letters home from Vietnam saying, there is so much drug use around here. Everybody is using heroin. But he also wrote in his letters back to his parents in Binghamton, but I won't use heroin. And then his parents eventually found out from the military that their son died. And the military wound up punishing a fellow soldier who evidently injected heroin into the young man from Binghamton. So that is something that happened. Look it up. It happened 50 years ago. A tragedy for a Binghamton family. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to WNBF. WNBF, Bob Joseph live at 11.55. Georgia from Binghamton's West Side, you're on the air. Hi, Bob. And this is going to be short. Um, it's about the draft. Now, if the Army and the Navy and all the rest of them had said that you could go in without having a, a high school diploma or a GED, they probably would have a lot of men off the street and women, maybe, 
But now they have that as a law. My grandson, who is now 33, he tried to get in. They wouldn't take him because he didn't have a GED or high school diploma, and he wanted to go. So maybe the they ought to think about changing their laws a little bit, and maybe some of these guys would get off the street. Well, maybe. Maybe. That's I, right. I, uh, I, I haven't studied the requirements lately. One thing I know, I'm too old to be of any use to them anymore. So, you know, oh, I'm, my. It was so <laughs> But I, I when he said that, I mean, I know the draft is something they could do, but I'm thinking my grandson wanted to go and he couldn't. So I'm, you know, and there's probably, and I see a lot of people, men sitting on the street playing cards over by the um, bank on Main Street. I'm thinking, what is going on? You know, whatever. Right. Well, I see it says enlisted soldiers need to have a high school degree or equivalent to join. Yeah. And officers need a college degree by the time they're commissioned. So that's yeah. the. All right. I appreciate I mean, your call and I hope you have a great yeah. afternoon. Oh, you too. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Well, we had a lot of participants today. I thank everybody who called to contribute and a special thanks to everybody who listened. I find the program very interesting and informative every day, and I will return tomorrow morning from 9 to noon. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to WNBF.